Mediated Conversation on SAFM. 26 minutes now to 9 the time. Good morning. Well, over the weekend, we hosted the AGOA Africa Summit that saw top trading officials from the U.S. meeting with African leaders here. It comes as the U.S. is about to go through a process where Congress will have to ratify the African Growth and Opportunity Act for another period. That's also emerged a senior lawmaker in the U.S., Chris Coons from the Democratic Party, has now said that, in fact, South Africa should no longer be a part of a go. He says this is because we've been focused both because we've been accused, excuse me, both of helping Russia in its invasion of Ukraine and because our international relations minister, Dr. Naledi Pandor, spoke to the leader of Hamas, Ismail Haniya, after his organization's attack on Israel. As you know, the U.S. supports both Ukraine and Israel in these conflicts. So then... It's not entirely certain what is going to happen, but we do know that AGOA is important to our economy and particularly to certain segments of our of our country. So then, where are we with AGOA? What impact will it have if Coons and others in the U.S. do succeed in removing us from AGOA? First this morning, the latest in the relationship between our government and the U.S. government. Ibrahim Patel is the Minister of Trade, Industry and Competition. He spoke to us on Monday morning. Then you'll hear from one of the main sectors that benefit from AGOA. Mikhail Mabasa is the CEO of the National Association of Automobile Manufacturers of South Africa, NAMSA. And then the impact on our economy generally. Dr. Azar Jamin is the Director and Chief Economist at Econometrics. We start then with a conversation we had with Minister Ibrahim Patel on Monday morning when I asked him how important is the time factor to keep certain contracts between our companies and American companies functioning? Vital. <clears throat> Absolutely vital. If we get the, uh, the renewal only on the eve of expiry, that would be September 2025, we would lose momentum, we would lose the opportunity for additional investment, and some of the procurement will be at risk. Of course, uh, as you noted in the intro, uh, Stephen, it's a, it's a matter of carefully balancing the twin imperatives. On the one hand, we want a better goer. On the other hand, we want to be able to lock in the benefits that we have. So we've been giving uh, the matter some thought and raised with the, uh, the U.S. the possibility of a two-stage uh, renewal and improvement program so that we move rapidly to, uh, to uh, consolidate what we have and then uh, sit down and work through how we can improve it. Of course, in the end, it's going to be some kind of hybrid, some kind of blend of this. Are there still some opposition in the U.S. to us being included? I mean, there are politicians who really don't want us to qualify. Are you worried about the politics of the U.S. over this, that in the end we might still find ourselves excluded because of how some people there feel? Uh, the U.S. political system is such that you're never going to get absolute unanimity on anything. Um, I mean, even on domestic matters, questions of the American budget and so on, there's a range of views. What we've tried to do, uh, Stephen, is really build bipartisan support. And over the last few days, we've had very significant uh, support uh, expressed for AGOA. We've moved the conversation from two years ago when the question was, uh, should AGOA be continued or not? Uh, there were strong voices saying, after 25 years, AGOA's run its course and should be, should be ended. And that's changed now. We've got all the major players in the U.S. administration backing the renewal of AGOA from the president to the secretary of state to the uh, trade representative. But as significantly in the, uh, in the U.S. Congress, both in the Senate and the House of Representatives, the leading players there have come out backing the renewal of AGOA. 
Uh, and yes, geopolitics will always be a factor and we're going to have to navigate that uh, carefully. But there's no question about it that the appetite for the uh, extension of AGOA has grown enormously. And that's been the first part of what South Africa is seeking to do. Because uh, uh, once we've got that uh, locked in, then, then it's a matter of now ensuring that we get the widest coverage. We've built very strong support within the business community, both in the United States and in South Africa, for uh, the extension of AGOA and for the inclusion not only of South Africa, but all of the countries that are currently the beneficiaries, and we're looking to expand that even further. So one of the things we've been able to do in the Sagoa Forum is to recognize that South Africa and the continent benefit, but at the same time, to put forward the case why the United States itself benefits from Agoa and uh, from South Africa's inclusion in Agoa. Um, I mean, does the U.S. see it like that? This is, in a way, I mean, depending on how you see it, but the American view would probably be this is sort of a gift by America, duty-free access to their markets, you know. Um, South Africa in particular benefits from it because our economy is more industrialized than almost the rest of Africa, uh, all of the rest of Africa, really. So is it really good for them to have us? I mean, I must say, Minister, obviously, most of the, m- many people in the States would quite like our wine and our spirits. <laughs> and it goes beyond that. I'd, I'd say there were three uh, uh, very critical economic benefits that the United States gets, besides the strategic uh, issues. And the, the one of it is uh, opportunities for investment. Uh, the U.S. has significant investment in South Africa, and some of that investment benefits not only from AGOA, but also from the economic growth that uh, AGOA itself uh, supports and fosters. The second thing is American consumers' benefit, and you've pointed to uh, uh, the uh, the taste for for South African wine. It goes well beyond that. There's a number of other products, uh, from vehicles to fruit, all sorts of things that um, uh, enables American consumers to get uh, more variety, uh, more risk-adjusted supply chains, and very importantly, good prices. And then the third reason, uh, Stephen, is access to our raw materials. South Africa is a very significant supplier of critical minerals to the U.S. economy, which is part of what the U.S. needs for its own industrialization effort. And so we have a dual message here. On the one hand, we say we are a big supplier. On the other hand, we say we would like more of that, in fact, to be processed here in South Africa um, uh, with American um, capital and technology. I take the example of rhodium. South Africa supplies uh, 39% of all rhodium that is imported by the United States, or 46% of all platinum, or 97% of all chromium ore that is is, uh, imported by the United States. So we're also a significant supplier of raw materials, and we've been speaking about increasing beneficiation on the African continent. So those arguments are part of it. But what we've also been able to achieve um, in the AGOA Forum is place the matter of African industrialization at the absolute center of the conversation with the United States. And, and I think many American businesses and policymakers recognizes that this is now an imperative that they also have to respond to. One of the, one of the things that came up is... Um, uh, the demographic 
shift globally over the next uh, 20 or so years. By 2050, um, uh, between now and 2050, uh, uh, one out of every two children born would be born on the African continent. And Africa would be more than a quarter of the world's population by then. So everyone recognizes simply to have a continent being the supplier of raw materials and agricultural products is not good for the world, it's not good for future stability, and that if Africa is, as the Americans say, um, the future, then they want to be able to have a, um, a, a strategic relationship with the continent. And that means looking at how to enhance trade and investment uh, with us. And Nico was certainly assisted in that. Ebrim Patel, the Minister of Trade, Industry and Competition, speaking to us on Monday morning, USAFM. 18 minutes now to nine. Your mediated conversation around Agoa, its importance and where we are, continues. Uh, Michael Mabasa is the CEO of the National Association of Automobile Manufacturers of South Africa, representing the all-car sector here. Michael, good morning. Thank you for your time. Thank you for having me, Stephen. Um, I presume Agoa is close to critical for your industry. It's vitally important. Absolutely. There's no question about that. And I think we are uh, very grateful, Stephen. And I think we need to obviously pay a special tribute to the Minister uh, of Trade, Industry and Competition for uh, facilitating a very, very successful forum uh, last week. I think, you know, we we, we need to give credit to government uh, for securing that forum to be in South Africa. The level of engagement was absolutely, um, you know, high-notch. We had, um, you know, fantastic representation, not only in South Africa or from South Africa, but also from the African continent. And of course, the United States also sent a very, very powerful uh, high-level delegation that was here to be able to engage uh, as meaningfully as we did last week. I just want to understand some of the economics of this. So there are cars that are made in factories, I think particularly of the Eastern Cape, Tswane. The cars are German cars. They're German models, right? But they're made yeah. here. Are they made here because of a goer? If it was not because of a goer, they wouldn't be made here. Would that be right? Not necessarily. Remember, Stephen, um, and let's take an example of a BMW, which is uh, produced from Roslyn in Tswane. Um, when BMW uh, makes a decision to uh, manufacture vehicles, they decide from Germany uh, what they're bringing to South Africa. In South Africa today, we are producing only an X3 uh, BMW, and that vehicle uh, is produced for the globe, for the world. It's not just produced for uh, Germany or for certain markets. We, as the automotive industry, we are currently um, you know, exporting our vehicles to 152 different markets around the world. Uh, Agoa is obviously very critical as it relates to the fact that it gives us duty-free access into that particular market because it reduces our cost of doing business with the United States. We're able to move uh, you know, more vehicles, uh, more components into that market at a much lower reduced rate as we would have, uh, uh, wouldn't have done uh, had we not had Agoa. If you look at our numbers, for example, in 2022, we were able to increase uh, vehicle exports into the United States by 171%, which is a very big number. Uh, you know, just in one year. So, so, and that 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 market is obviously also increasing uh, quite quite very very firmly. So, um, all the manufacturers that we have in South Africa, we currently have seven. All of them are obviously massive beneficiaries of Agoa 
because they are able to um, export their vehicles into the United States uh, duty-free. So obviously, if a goer ended, the, the price of those cars would go up, which would make it hard for them to compete. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and, and obviously, for a company like BMW, as I've made an example of, would then be able to then move uh, production of that vehicle from South Africa to another market where they can then be able to, um, you know, to, to produce that vehicle cheaper and obviously um, export it into the United States. Because the United States is a very, very uh, powerful and very influential automotive market around the world. And, 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 and the fact that we've got uh, Agoa, um, not just only uh, South Africa being a, a beneficiary, but Africa, uh, many African countries being a beneficiary, I think that is absolutely a very, very strong advantage for us. There must be all sorts of another uh, of knock-on effects. So, I mean, it's not just car factories. It's the people who make the wheels or the tires or the other services needed in the industry. So we're talking about uh, a huge industrial areas in our country that are affected by AGOA and would be affected if AGOA ended. Absolutely. South Africa is the biggest producer of catalytic converters. Um, and we export a, a substantial amount of catalytic converters uh, around the globe. Um, and the United States, obviously, they've got uh, three big uh, manufacturing uh, companies in that country, and they absolutely, um, you know, depend on South Africa's catalytic uh, con- converters uh, in relation to 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 um, the, the the supply of those. I think the minister also made a very interesting point, uh, Stephen, that I would like to talk to. I think the fact that we are now gravitating uh, towards the production of new energy vehicles. We all know that Africa, not just only South Africa, is endowed with massive uh, mineral resources that are going to be required in terms of uh, the new battery technology that we are now going to be producing uh, for new energy vehicles. We've done a lot of work uh, as the automotive industry in partnership with the mining industry. We've already identified 10 minerals that are in Africa. If you go to, for example, uh, Guinea, uh, there's backside in Guinea that we need for the manufacturing of cell technology and also for the battery manufacturing. Uh, we've got uh, in the DRC, copper, uh, also in Zambia, and also here in South Africa, uh, there's cobalt that we need also in the DRC, Madagascar, and also here in South Africa. Uh, graphite is also very, very key for this development. Uh, and we've got that in Mozambique, in Tanzania, and also in Madagascar. Iron ore, we know South Africa through acelometal. Uh, has a huge deposits uh, that we need in order for us to be able to produce iron ore that is also going to be absolutely very critical uh, for the production of um, uh, uh, batteries. Lithium in Zimbabwe, manganese in South Africa and Gabon, uh, nickel, uh, phosphate rock, and also titanium. So we've got massive, massive uh, minerals that are also going to be absolutely very key. And, and the United States is obviously at the center because we need their innovation, we need their technology. And the discussion we've had last week was to say, how do we begin to bring in uh, you know, research and development because there are obviously technical uh, people in the United States that can be able to come to South Africa so that we can be able to work together, come into Africa so that we can really beneficiate many of these products in Africa uh, as opposed to uh, moving um, you know, um, uh, our products uh, from pit to port uh, and then put them into containers into China uh, and, and, and beneficiate there, but to move to what we call pit to plant, where we are able to develop our own plants next to our, next to our mining companies so that we can be able to um, uh, create uh, uh, new industries and, of course, uh, employ many young people who are currently starving for employment in South Africa. 
Uh, Mikhail, within all of this, there's another dynamic where most of the cars we build are petrol-driven cars. The world's moving to electric cars. Um, I know, I think people were expecting some comment on this in the medium-term budget policy statement. That didn't happen. Is that also a, a, a concern for your for the car industry? Well, it is a concern. I think the, the, the South African government has moved relatively slower uh, relative to their counterparts elsewhere in the world. I mean, if you look at China, you look at the United uh, I mean, the, the European Union, you look at the United Kingdom, the United States, and many other, uh, you know, emerging markets, um, including some in Africa, uh, they have pronounced very, very clearly what their policies are going to be around new energy vehicles. And I think South Africa has been absolutely very uh, pedestrian in, uh, you know, matching up to those particular uh, pronouncements. But we are obviously encouraged that there is already engagement. We are talking to government. It's not like there's silence. Uh, both the Minister of Trade and Industry and also Finance has been engaging with the with, uh, with the industry, and we obviously very hopeful that uh, in the uh, 2024 uh, budget review, uh, then the minister will then be able to finally make the pronouncement in terms of how uh, government wishes to posture in terms of the uh, support that government would want to look at um, uh, in supporting the industry going forward. Michael Mabasa, thank you. CEO of the National Association of Automobile Manufacturers of South Africa. In a moment, the Chief Economist and Director at Econometrics, Dr. Azar Jamint. You with SAFM. It's nine minutes to nine. Mediated conversation on SAFM. Six minutes to nine. Your mediated conversation about AGOA continues. Dr. Azar Jamin is the Director and Chief Economist at Econometrics. Dr. Jamin, good morning. Thanks for your time. Good morning to you. Good morning, Stephen. I realize it can be impossible to make economic predictions at the moment. There's so many different things happening in our economy, the global economy at the moment. But I presume AGOA does still matter. It's still important to our economy. It is important, but I wouldn't overstate the importance. Uh, Essentially, we uh, export around $3 billion worth of goods under AGOA. Our total exports to the United States are about $14 billion, and our total exports to the world are uh, 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 around 10 times that. So, uh, you know, we're talking about uh, 2 to 3% of our total exports uh, being encapsulated in a goer which is uh, um, significant but it's not uh, i mean the economy wouldn't go, come to a standstill if we didn't have a goer i think the more important factor is that being part of a goer uh, does i think lend itself to providing some confidence in the south african economy on the part of international investors and were we to be removed from a goer i think it could Uh, have a negative effect on the desire of international investors to uh, invest in South Africa, there would be a a negative message coming across. Does a goer have much impact on the US? I mean, does it hurt them at all to have a goer or do they not even notice one way or another? I think the main reason why they've gone into a goer is because of their fear of the competitiveness uh, of uh, China in Africa and the fact that uh, Chinese influence has been growing inexorably over the past two and a half decades. And uh, at least AGOA is one way of maintaining some sort of influence of the United States within the whole African continent. And in South Africa's case, to some extent, the same uh, applies. Um, The United States does want to feel relevant in this regard. 
So, I mean, Ibrahim Patel, the minister's comment that uh, Africa is probably going to be the continent of the future, have a big proportion of the world's population. It's in the long-term interests of the U.S. to implement a go in a large way now. I mean, basically, this is the U.S. investing in the future. Very much so. I, I would agree with that. And uh, uh, it's not only in the future. I think it's in the present as well. The United States uh, has noticed that Africa is tending to move towards a non-aligned, if you want to call it that, stance uh, closer towards Russia and uh, China. And uh, uh, with a, a thing like a Goa, there is a, it's a vehicle through which uh, the U.S. can maintain some kind of influence in its uh, trade relations and through that in its political relation, political uh, influence as well. It's interesting that, I mean, other countries you would think, like China or Russia or whoever, uh, India, may see the same sort of opportunity in Africa and in South Africa in particular and may think, well, you know, if, say, for example, South Africa is removed from a go, there's a good opportunity here uh, for us. And yet it doesn't seem, from what I can tell, trade policy for other countries doesn't seem to quite work like that. Uh, it doesn't work, but... Uh, one must also look at the kind of products that are being exported by uh, South Africa to the U.S. under the AGOA agreement. Uh, those products may not be as relevant to the likes of India, China and Russia. Um, I'm not saying that is the case, but it's quite possible that that is the case, that they may not want to... Uh, they, they, their need for those kind of products like, uh, um, you know, buckies and uh, wine, South African wine and so on, may not be as uh, much in demand in those countries as it is in the United States. There is so much going on in our economy at the moment. Um, and you, you make the point about signals, but, but it seems that actually we kind of need to grasp every opportunity that we have. Uh, does that maybe make a go perhaps more important now than it was, say, 10, 15 years ago? I do believe so, uh, precisely because of the word signal that you referred to. Um, as South Africa has been losing ground internationally in terms of its image as a good place to invest. And that is why I think uh, participation in AGOA is so important. And uh, one was encouraged to see the AGOA conference being held. We seem to have lost the line there from uh, Dr. Azar Jamin. All right, Dr. Jamin, I think, we, yeah, I, think yeah. we, I think we lost you there. I am going to have to end it there, I'm afraid, uh, for time reasons. Dr. Azar Jamin is the Director and Chief Economist at Econometrics uh, and uh, just bringing an end to your mediated conversation there. Sorry it ended on that note. Michael Mabasas, the CEO of the National Association of Automobile Manufacturers of South Africa, and Minister Ibrahim Patel is the Minister of Trade, Industry and Competition. That conversation...